You know, imagine a day without Christ. Well, I, I used to live a lot of those. I've lived a lot of days without Christ, but thank God I'm living more with Him than, I'm, than I've lived without Him. Amen? Beautiful. I'm going to take you to the cinema for a minute. Focus now as we go to the cinema. Necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found off my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, that's why a bear can rest at ease with just the bare necessities of life. Now when you pick a pawpaw or a prickly pear, and you prick a raw paw, well next time beware. Don't pick the prickly pear by the paw, when you pick a pear try to use the claw. But you don't need to use the claw when you pick a pair of the big paw paw. Have I given you a clue? The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Oh man, this is really living. Look for the that's the gospel according to the jungle book you got your Bibles? Turn to Matthew 6, and you'll find it's not the gospel of the jungle book. It's actually the gospel of the kingdom. Now, do you, let me ask you a question this morning. Do you believe nature can speak? Do you believe creation, creation speaks? You know, as we look around this morning, we see a beautiful blue sky. We see a golden sun. No, it's not Africa. This is Manchester. We're seeing temperatures of 23, 24. No, it's not Mauritius. It's Manchester. And we're seeing beautiful things, and we're all talking about the weather. And we're talking about how the flowers begin to rise up in the early, early days of spring, and how creation speaks, and everything's got a voice. And he's trying to tell us something, because God created creation to speak. Amen? And Matthew tells us in Matthew chapter 6, 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Forget about your worries and your strife. 
What you eat or what you would drink or what about or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? And body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet the, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than them? Yes, I am. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? No one. And why do you worry about clothes? Young people. Young people. Not just young people. You, have, you guys who have got this fashion thing, I've got to have the latest. Listen to what he's saying. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. There's two perspectives of how you look and how you really look. You need to think that, bear that one in mind. When you dress up and you look in the mirror and you look, there's other people who's got an opinion of how you look as well. And then there's your heavenly father who looks at you and says, Honey, or son, do you really need to go and cheapen yourself like that? Do you really need to dress like that? Really, son, is that going to make the man? The clothes going to make the man? Is your hair like that really going to turn all the boys' heads? No. Some may be. Some may be. But he's, t- he's trying to give us a message here. See, uh, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, he's thrown into the fire, he will not much more clothe you. Oh, ye of little faith, don't worry then, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? Some of you is going to go straight out of church this morning and say, I don't like our cross buns. Where are we going for dinner? Well, guess what? That was never meant to supply your dinner. That was just a little token gesture. Just to give you a little bit of nourishment before the real main course comes. He said, don't worry then saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? And he he repeats the same thing. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. There's a group of people who run after all these things. And the bear wasn't one of them. And your heavenly father knows what you need. Your heavenly father knows you need all these things. He knows you need things. But he knows you don't need everything. Yeah? You don't need half the stuff you think you do. When you're younger, you you accumulate and accumulate, only to realize you don't wear half the wardrobe anymore. You don't need half the stuff you accumulated. Life teaches us that. When you move house, you realize you throw half the stuff away. Because you tell yourself, I want a new start. Stuff you would never part with, now you've willingly thrown away. Oh, it's junk, that. Two days later, if your husband were trying to throw it out, you'd have killed him. Father knows what you need. Your father knows you need all these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And it's quite true. You know, there's something simple like the Jungle Book can teach us so many things. You know, Disney, in its own way, is imaginative and it's creative. And it knows how to create a story and carry a message in a story. Uh, And it knows how to carry that message and that story across families and culture. It knows how to do that. It understands that in life there are politics, there are religion, 
and there are cultures that disagree on almost everything. But yet Disney has a way of sailing right through. So that by the time all these cultures sit down, irrespective of their political, their religious, cultural perspective, there's always a smile on the family's face. How can you get offended by watching a Disney movie? Now, I know they're changing slightly, but they've got a longer history of being stable than they have been unstable. Eventually, they will then put all the other messages in to their movies because they, they themselves will get pressured. But the moment they do that, they'll find their sales in certain cultures around the world will begin to drop. They will. It'll only become... You know, you can go to the backside of the desert if you can get power there, and you can find some kid watching a movie, a Disney movie. Disney's just easy to watch. And that, that bear, that bear is telling us a story about not to worry. The bare necessities of life. Does the bear need food? Of course he does. But you see, in this scripture, we see that the There are many things speaking. The birds of the air, they sing. There's there's nothing more beautiful than getting up on a country, you know, getting up on on a bright early morning and listening to the birds sing. When I was in Australia, I couldn't believe the sounds of the birds. I'm used to listening to pigeons and sparrows. And all of a sudden, I'm listening to these different sounds of the birds and the colours of the birds. It was just beautiful. It really took me back. That, wow, creation is beautiful. Manchester, a sparrow and a pigeon. What do they call them, Sam? In the what are we part? Yeah, that'll, that'll do for me. Lurkies. Lurkies in the forest. And so the, the birds of the, the, of the air speak and they sing. They don't just speak, they sing. Apparently the kingfisher doesn't sing. I didn't know that. I only learned that this weekend. The kingfisher doesn't sing, apparently. So I was told. Check that out. Ask Uncle Google. The, li- the lilies of the field, they speak. In fact, the Bible tells us that they address more, they have more splendor than all Sol- Solomon's clothes. And Solomon was a king who wore the finest linen, the finest, all the, all the top brands. He was the brand. The king is the brand. And yet, he's looking at creation and saying, they are more gorgeous than all your clothes. Wow. The grass of the field, it speaks. People just smoke it these days, but... This is the grass that... This, you know, whenever I bring um, friends over from different countries, they always um, comment how green the grass is in England. I said, because we get a lot of rain. I mean, when, when Lonnie was here, he kept commenting, two things, grass and sheep. Have you never seen sheep, Lonnie? Have you never seen grass? He said, I can't believe how green it is in England. Well, that's why it's God's land. What about your stomach? Your stomach speaks. Some of you be thinking, wish you'd up, shut up, I'm hungry. Well, all the food was there. You had a banquet over there, hot cross bun banquet. So your stomach speaks, it says, give me food to eat or I'll die. What about your thirst? Your thirst speaks, give me a drink, quench me. Material things speak every day. 
Material thing, you see somebody wearing something, you think you've got to have that, you've got to have that set up so that you fit in or you stand out. It's not true. It's great getting older. In one way. Because in one way, as you get older, you realise you don't need all that stuff to fit in. And that's a great liberty to be able to wear something and be yourself without somebody else, you having to dress like everybody else to fit in. Young people don't know that yet. That's a phase they've got to go through. Some of us need to dress and maybe take a leaf out the young people's book. <laughs> but dressing up, it's great to be free to dress in what you want. Phil hates it when I go to Malaysia. He steers me away from some shops. He would dread the thought of me bringing back and wearing some of this stuff in Malaysia. He goes, no, no, and no, you can't wear that. I say, go on, let me wear a Chinese shirt. No! So materials, material things speak such as I need clothes and shoes to wear. Some of you ladies can't go past the shop without buying a pair of shoes. You've only got one pair of feet. So think about all the other shoes, doing, doing nothing, going nowhere. And yet, all those things speak. And yet, why? Because all those things, depending who you are, where you are in this world, they're all demanding to be first. If you're in certain parts of the world and you've got no food, food is the primary thing you need. If you're in a hot desert and, you, and you've got little water, water is precious and it, it has a voice. True? If you want to fit into a social circle, then, then clothes and your hair and makeup and all that other stuff that comes with you, with that social acceptance, they become a voice that speaks to you. But my friends, they are not the voice that will bring you fulfillment. And I know you don't like this, but Jesus says that me and my kingdom is the first and foremost thing you really need to focus on. Why? Because it's only in the kingdom that fulfillment God says, it's interesting to know that God says, look, I know John needs new trainers. I know John needs a shirt. I know John needs food. I know John needs water. God acknowledges that he needs these things. Would you agree with that? He says, your father knows that. It's your father. He knows you need those things. There's a difference between what John needs and what John wants. What John wants might be four, five, 15 shirts. 15 pairs of trainers, sneakers, runners. They're called different things around the world. Edna might want 15 handbags. Good friend of ours yesterday was talking. She said when she went to, uh, when she went to New York, the first thing she had to buy herself was a three grand handbag. I said, where is it now? Is it next to the Aldi bag? In your wardrobe? And she just laughed. She went, that's exactly where it is. But at the time, she just wanted to do it. And you know, it's her money. She can spend it on what she wants. I just look at three grand, three grand. What was wrong with a 20 quid one? Three grand on a bag. Go on, go and figure that. God bless her. So this week's message it's not just Jesus died on the cross. Don't leave him on the cross. Just like the Christmas message isn't Jesus was born and leave him in a manger. There's two places where people leave him, either on the cross 
or in the manger. You can't leave him in the manger, or if you don't leave him in the manger, then leave him on the cross. Jesus came not only to die, but to atone for our sin, to make atonement. And he knew that death and crucifixion was part of the deal. Thank God he went the whole way. It's called the finished work of Christ. Not the half done, the half baked work of Christ. It's the finished work of Christ. And we need to understand what, the, what has been finished. Well, if it's finished, is there anything else to do? Oh, yes, there's a lot more work to do. Why? Because now it's the age of the church. He did his bit so that you should do your bit. And this kingdom must have righteousness and it must have a king. The kingdom of God is not the church. The church is part of the kingdom. But when you come to church, you didn't come to the kingdom. Because the kingdom of God is within you. And very often the church is not part of you. But you should be part of the church. So that the church can become part of you. And here in this scripture, Jesus is saying, look, there's two groups of people here, guys. You can be like them. Or you can be like this. These guys will never stop needing and chasing those things. But I don't want that for you. I'll supply these things to you, but not the way. But you can't go about it the way they go about it. Why? Because your dad's got a different path. Your father's got a different plan. And if your behaviors, if you get everything the same way as them, then you're not, you're no different. You can't get everything you want the same way as everybody else and call yourself a Christian. It's not, it's not, doesn't, not going to work. There has to be a different way, a different style. And this little bear, this little bear we just saw on the screen, he tells us so eloquently and so humorously how to, the attitude to adopt. Now here's the thing. Baloo knew something that you and I need to know. Baloo's the name of the bear. Baloo knew that there is someone who created the jungle and supplies everything a bear needs in the jungle. And in the jungle, it's a, sounds a crazy thing, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. It's the lord of the jungle. And the food chain is actually in the jungle. I chase you, I eat you. You eat me. I'm gone. Someone else comes and chases. And that's the food chain. But this bear says, don't worry about your life. Don't forget about your worries and your strife. I see those bare necessities, those simple bare necessities. The simple bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam. And he goes into the song. And this bear's got this simple attitude that this supply will come to me. I don't have to worry and chase after things. Listen to the gospel of the jungle book. It's not a gospel really, but... Rudyard Kipling, when he wrote, when he wrote the book, and then Disney made the movie. When he put this character in, he saw something in his writing... That there are bare necessities in life. And Jesus is saying, the bare necessities in life does not make you poor. The bare necessities in life make you rich. In God. 
Because you can be rich in the eyes of the world, but yet be poor in the eyes of God. So the bare necessities, whether it's bananas or it's pineapples or whatever he was plucking, digging up, chasing down. Every day the bear knew that every day his needs would be supplied. So that freed him to continue being a bear. Now think about this. If I can be free to be a bear, then I don't have to worry about all that strife, chasing it down. Because whatever I wonder, whatever I roam, my Heavenly Father will supply to me. Now that doesn't mean to say you stay at home and do nothing. The issue is not you not working. The issue is worry. The issue is worry and strife. Who can add a single day to his life through worry? That's what Scripture tells us. That's what Baloo was singing. And he says this, look, listen to the words of Baloo here. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean, a bare necessities are mother's nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be fonder of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree. They make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take the glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. Amazing, amazing concept, a childlike concept. And yet Jesus says, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to become like a little child. You've got to see things as a little child sees it. And little Muggly was just, by the, end, by the time you finish that song, little Muggly was doing the same thing Baloo was doing. And Jesus was saying, look, there's a way to the things. But it ain't the same way as everybody else. So you're thinking, okay, Tony. So God has a way of supplying what you need. Now he's going to do it this way. I'm going to teach you now. Show you this way. I asked you to repeat last time I used this. Repeat after me. Whenever. 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 The grace. Wherever the grace is released and received, lack and need are eliminated. Wherever, whenever. So wherever is a place, whenever is a timing. Then you get a whoever. Whenever, wherever, and there's a whoever. And I'll show you what I mean. So... Key words, whenever, wherever, there's a grace, it's to be released, it has to be received. Releasing it is one thing, receiving it is another thing. And that grace eliminates lack and need. Now, I didn't, all remember, keep in context here, you still have to go to work. You have your responsibility. So it's not talking about sat at home doing nothing. It's talking about worry, strive, uh, strife and stress, eliminating those things by putting Christ first. Do you know, I can work and not have the best job in the world, but still have all my needs met. Because my life isn't about money. So Colossians chapter 1. This is how God begins to supply to your life. Now, if you're really smart, and I believe I'm talking to this, in fact, you're the smartest people I spoke to today. 
If you are a smart people, which I believe you are, then you'll be eager to understand this principle of how God supplies richly to those who believe. And he does it through the grace. All over the world, the gospel, Colossians 1.6, all over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit. Just stop there. That means it's working. It may not be working in you, but it's working in others. The gospel works. You can't tell me that my gospel, you haven't got what you need, so therefore it doesn't work. Hello, watch, watch. Yes, it does. Because there are many who's got it, who's, who's learnt the principles and are demonstrating the principles in their life. Just because you haven't got it up and running doesn't mean to say it doesn't work. It does work. You just don't know the principles of how to make it work. The one thing that's always been in life, the rich and the poor. Ask yourself why the rich got rich and why the poor remain poor. Somewhere you'll find some principles have been adopted or been ignored. I'm not saying every poor person. I'm not saying every rich person. I'm saying somewhere in the middle of that, you will find there were principles that people either adopted and ignored. Why does a man have his money and lose it? Because he ignored certain principles. One of those, he may be his own greed. Got the better of him. So, all over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing. Just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. Just stop there for a minute. God's grace. God's grace in all its truth. God's grace in all its truth. Inside God's grace is all truth. Inside God's grace. So when God's grace is released... Truth comes with it. You've got to see this. Grace is not something mysterious. It comes, truth is the package. Grace is the outer casing. Inside grace is truth. So grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras. So ah, so there's an example. Someone's got it working. Epaphras. Our dear fellow servant, who was, faith, who was a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. So there is someone on the, on the ground who's carrying this grace and all its truth, who can become a demonstration for others, for those who were caught in the jungle, struggling and striving, worrying about the bare necessities of life. There's another barrier called Epaphras, who's got the grace, who's got the truth, and he's showing you that, he's showing this group of people that you can have all your needs supplied, but you won't have it that way. I'm being a demonstration to show you there are principles you may not know. Why? And that's why the grace comes to you to reveal the truths you don't have. There are truths that you don't have and you need, but you can't have that truth unless you understand it comes with grace. And it comes in grace and surrounded in grace. The gospel, the, the, the me, uh, should say, the messages that's been preached from many, many pulpits is this get rich quick. Have all your dreams met? I'm telling you now, it's a load of nonsense. There is no quick, rich scheme in Scripture. God does not put the wealth into the hands of a fool. I don't care how much money you're offered. If you sow a $10 seed, you'll get a million dollar seed back. Don't do it. 
Why? Because a fool and his money parts easy. Principles is what brings order to a life. Why would I just want to drop 50,000 pounds into somebody who's not even learned to tithe? It's gone very quiet in this Catholic church. All over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit, which means it works. Now, stop there. Don't get excited. We need to know who it's working in and where it's working. Why? Because wherever the grace, whoever the grace is carried in and is released, their lack and need are eliminated. So it's working in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras. Someone has to supply to you what you lack and you don't have. Young people think they can get all their answers from Google. At the back end of Google is a man putting information in. Or a woman putting information in. Google is not the Bible. Google is not always right. But it's pure, it sure is helpful. We all use it. It's a search engine. But Google can only answer what someone's put in. Just like Wikipedia. True? So, someone has to supply what you lack and do not have. But the issue is, will you open up your heart to receive it? So repeat again, whenever, come on, repeat it, whenever the grace, wherever the grace is released and received, my need, my lack can be eliminated. For a whenever and a wherever grace is released, there has to be a whoever. Someone has to carry what you need. And then this, whoever has to learn to dispense it wisely. You don't just throw everything everywhere. You plant into good soil. When was the last time you ever got your money in a crowd and just threw it everywhere? Let's just say God says to you, I want you to give £10 into the offering this morning. Did God ever say to you, come and just throw it in the air? No, he didn't. God never shows, tells you to sow that way. He says to you, put it in the offering. The offering is a designated place. He may say, go and give £10 to Dave Tilbrook. Dave says, thank you very much. It's a designated place. It has an address. It's a person. So one person has to sow into another person. So when the grace comes, it can eliminate lack and need. If it can find an address to land. And if it can find, I've never found a man yet who doesn't accept money. The issue is, is it the right person and am I doing the right thing for the right motive? So Ephesians chapter 2, it says this, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2.
For surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace, which was given to me for you. So just hold on a minute. So here we are. There's a, these are the Macedonian churches. And here God, through the Apostle Paul, is speaking to them. Sorry, that this is not the Macedonian church. That's another scripture. Sorry. This is Paul speaking to the Ephesians. I'm getting ahead of myself here. He says, surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given for you. So God says to Paul, Paul, they lack over here. They have lack and they have need. I am supplying to you the grace and truth so that you can go and supply to them what they lack and what they need. So there's a grace. So whatever the grace is released and is received, lack and need can be eliminated. Okay? So here Paul comes, he says, Surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. So every carrier needs to find receivers. Every carrier needs to find receivers. That's sometimes harder than we could ever think about. So he said, for me, for you, for the mystery made known to me by revelation. So this truth they don't know that's carried in the life and lives of other people. Yeah. I've already written briefly about this in reading this. Then you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations. But it has now been revealed by the Spirit of God to his holy apostles and prophets. God is trying to get messages into his people. He's trying to get principles into the lives of his people. Why? Because the mandate is for you to, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So let's say that's the mission. God has to release truth to John. There's truth that John doesn't yet have. And God's hearing the prayers of his heart. Of his heart. And he sees him struggling in certain areas. And he hears the prayers of John as he's praying over many, many different areas of life. And he's saying, God, why am, I, why am I not getting a breakthrough? Why is this Christianity not working? Why is there obstacles in my life? And God hears the heart cry from John. And he hooks him up with an Epaphras or a Paul who has grace and truth, that if John can see that these men carry a grace and they carry a truth he doesn't have, John can tap into it, that grace, and therefore receive the answers to his prayers. Because God answers in ways we don't always think about. You want God to be like Father Christmas. You want to wake up next morning and all that you need is in a parcel left at the door. God doesn't work like that. God can do those things, but God doesn't always work like that. God enriches the person from the inside. God enriches the person from the inside, not just from, oh, there's a, pa there's a package outside. If every prayer you prayed had to come in a package, what kind of God's that? That's not, that's not a father. That's called UPS. That's not father. Because all you've learned to do is open the door and there'll be a parcel there. No, you have to be enriched from the inside. So this truth that John doesn't have, John's representative of all of us. There's a mystery that, there's so much of this gospel that is still a mystery to me. And there are so many principles I haven't yet come across. 
And until I get around men who carry grace and truth, I can't tap into and I can't begin to work those principles through until I receive them. So I, as a, as a seeker of the kingdom, I'm looking for men of grace who carry what I don't have. Why? Because I want to learn the mystery of Christ. So that might mean I have to get on a bus. That might mean I have to get on a train. That might mean I have to get on an aeroplane. It might mean I have to listen to my mother and father. It might mean I have to listen to Pastor Tony. Wow. It might mean I have to listen to my teacher at school. It might mean I have to listen to a friend. It might mean I have to listen to a neighbor. What it does mean is you're going to have to listen. And you're going to have to observe. And you're going to have to watch. And you're going to have to see. Where are those people, Lord, that carry what I need? And you might not like the package. You might not like the shirts they wear. You might not like the package. And the package is always the reason why we reject what God's trying to release to us. I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way he sounds. I don't like the way he preaches. I don't like the way he sings. Forget about the worries and the strife. The mystery. There's so much of this gospel still a mystery. God gives grace. First thing you need to understand. God gives grace to all those who ask. See, what you... Don't understand, you can't ask for. What you see, you can begin to ask. So many people are caught in the valley of darkness and they don't know what to pray, how to speak, what to ask God for. They're just frustrated it's not working. So many people are crushed in this valley because they haven't got the language to express to get out of the mess, to get out the frustration, to get out the cycle they're in. Language is everything. And sometimes when I pray and like you, I feel I'm not getting beyond the ceiling. And I'm thinking, I, I, I seem to struggle for the language. I seem to struggle. Five words, stringing five words together seems to be difficult. And there's this blockage and, and I don't know what it is and sometimes it's so easy to get discouraged at that point and think ah sack it I'll just read instead and it's so difficult to try and find the language at times but there's a different strategy at that time I started speaking in tongues and then my mind gets bombarded with all kinds of it's a battle it's the point of making you've got to find ways to to talk to God but once I get the language I feel released I feel like God has heard me but you know the truth is God knew. God still knows the, the, uh, the, the things in my heart, even though I didn't have the language. But language is important. So when grace and truth comes to your life, it gives you a language you didn't have. It gives you a knowledge you've never understood. You tell someone, you tell the child, go and ask such and such a body for something. And, it, and they hear, they think, what's one of them? And they get caught up with, what's one of them? All I told you was to go and share the message. Go and tell them, I need a diaflutus of the new gag and they need it today. So little Johnny goes, what's a diaflutus of the new gag? Now he gets confused because he doesn't understand. But you don't have to understand the message. You were just told to go and give the message. 
And then later, little Johnny says, what, Mum, what's a diflutus of the nougat? And then Mum says, doesn't matter. It's above your pay grade. Or she might tell the kid what it is. Understanding. Sometimes God speaks to me in a language I don't understand, but I'm smart enough to know he's speaking to me. Anybody ever been there? And then I trust that as I work on what God has told me, understanding will come. So God gives grace to everyone who asks. God gives grace to the fivefold gifting. Pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist, apostle. Why? He gives it to equip and empower people who need a supply. This is why it's so important... That for you who come to this church, if you can never receive the pastor, whichever church that is, by the way, if you can never receive the pastor, there's a grace that can never come to you. Because you can't bypass that. You can't. It's like I want to get married and have children, but I don't really love her or I don't want him. I just want what he can provide. Now, we know biologically that's possible. But spiritually, that isn't possible. You can't have what you want in the kingdom without doing it God's way. So important. Do you know how I know that? I've tried it. I've tried not liking the pastor. I've tried ignoring the pastor. I've tried working around the pastor. Pastors, previous pastors. It didn't work. There is a gate and there's a, there's a protocol. You have to come through it. There's no other way. It's a trust, obey. Remember that song? God supplies great measures of grace in order to reveal things you don't know and things you distinctively lack. And this is why you have lack, because there's things you don't know. I'm okay with, with understanding the things I don't know. That's, that's, that's one thing to know. I'm smart enough to know there's things I don't know. But every now and then, something will come across my path and I know that I don't know this area, so then I'm faced with the challenge, how do I get to know what I don't know? Yeah. And when I'm faced with that challenge, see, in school, the teachers are telling you things you don't know. Yeah. And they're telling you that you need to know these things, but because you don't see the need to know these things, you think, why do I need to know these things? I'm not speaking in riddles here, am I? You just know, when I was at school, there's things I just didn't want to know. I don't care what revelation my teacher had. And I thought, why do I need maths? Why do I need science? Certainly don't need English. I can speak it. So I thought. Geography. I'll get a bus. And I was so smart that I was so stupid. Then you leave school and you think, I'm equipped. I've got it all. Give me a job. You go for an interview, they say, you're not what we're looking for. What do you mean, I'm not what you're looking for? Ah, because there's things that you lack that they see. Just in your interview skill, they see, you may not be the candidate we are looking for. Why? Well, there could be a lot of reasons. But they're blind to you until somebody helps you see them. And then once you see them and you wonder why I'm not getting a job and all my friends are getting a job, and then slowly but surely your attitude begins to change. 
you open up to listen to conversations and, and, and wisdom that you once upon a time wouldn't listen to. But young people, you're going to have to go through some hard knocks because you won't listen. It's, there's no other way. We've all done it. Every one of us have done it. But the smart young person is the one who can listen the most. And we all go through the hard school of knocks. And, to, and some kids never come through it. Some do. Thank God I came through it. Thank God God put some people in my life who needed to tell me things I didn't want to hear. And show me things I once wasn't interested in. And I realized at some point it's time to grow up. And God was putting people who were not even Christians alongside me to help me, equip me for where I am today. So the first job I get, I get this old fella called Tony. And the first thing the old fella says to me, Tony, so we were the two tones. The first thing he says to me is every day, I'm going to make you understand geography. And I hated geography at school. So every day he would, he would this is in work, I'm back in school, but I'm in work, I'm getting paid for it. And I have a geography lesson every day in the work. And he, he tells me, what's the capital of this country? What's the currency of that country? Who's the president of that country? And I learned geography, or European geography, world geography. I didn't want to know anything about the Amazon rainforest. He didn't know anything about the Amazon rainforest, which was a plus to me. But I learned everything about geography through this old man. I learned nothing about maths. And I learned science from another fellow. This is in the factory. Why? Because my... Next job, I would need to understand science to do the job I'm doing. God supplied a science teacher for me. God supplied a, a geography teacher. Phil will say to you, he'll, he'll say to me, whatever country I'm in, I always know the population. I always know the capital. I kind of figure if God's going to send me to the world, I need to know where the world is. And, and where to buy a rubbish shirt. What I'm saying here is this. You've got to listen. And God's got grace to give to you. If you can't receive it, folks, and you don't recognize those who carry grace in all its truth, you will always think you are the answer to your success. Newsflash, Sky Newsflash, you are not the answer to your success. Totally. You have a lot of responsibility, but you're not the sole answer. When you look back and see how many people God supplied in your life, you could not have got here without those people. Yeah. You need to appreciate the people in your life. Because each one carries a grace for you in your time. I thank God for those, those guys in the world. Oh, they swore like a trooper. They were not righteous men, but God used them. For me, I, I was anything. Listen, I wasn't the model of righteousness neither. God supplies grace in order to impart what you don't have. This is why you need it. God imparts grace in order to bring clarity and understanding to your life. Thank God for Jonathan David in my life. The clarity and understanding it's brought to my life. Whatever the grace can be released, whatever the grace can be, re can be received, your lack your need can be eliminated if you receive the grace. 2 Corinthians says this, eight, uh, verse 1. We're coming to finish. 
And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. This is where I was running ahead of myself before. There are churches that God gives grace to. And there are churches that God gives grace to so that they can supply the needs and lack of other churches. Just of late, we've just sent some money to Zambia. God has graced us with resource from our barn. And when I say our barn, it's through what you give. The seed that's been accumulated in this house over the years has been tremendous. And that what we do is we use the, the, the resources that you give and we, and we accumulate. And we never ask you for money other than we take an offering. But that will always be the case. But that's what has been the case so far. We're not one of these churches that, forgive the word, we do not financially rape you. We don't bleed the cow. We ask you to give your tithe and your offering, and if there's any other need above that, we'll come to you and tell you and give you the freedom to sow into that, should you wish, with no promises attached. There'll be no promises attached saying you'll get a $1,000 return. Just give and let God do the rest. But we've been able to supply the needs of other nations. Because there's been a grace on this house in part to supply other people's needs. The Macedonian grace has been on us in part. Only in, in part. It's not, we haven't got the full measure of it, but in part. We've been able to sow over the years. We sponsor, we sponsor every year Kids in South Africa on a peer education program. Kids who are changing the community in South Africa. We've done that for the last seven years. We've just put money into Zambia for the school in Zambia. We passed the Chris and Ina. We've been able to sow into Malaysia, sow into Australia. We put five grand into Australia for a school, the building. Why? Because when God gives you a grace to sow, you sow wisely into the right soil. Why? That's why God releases grace and truth to us. That's why it's in our house. We have a measure of grace and truth. We're not the only one with grace and truth. We have our measure. But we're able to supply what others lack. Why? Because we've acknowledged there are people in life who carry what we don't carry. And when we've learned to accept the grace and truth, what it's done, it's eliminated our lack. There is no financial lack in this house. You should be all be saying amen there. That's despite some of you not giving. That's despite some of you holding, holding on the money. God doesn't need your money. Keep your money. He says give it joyfully. Joyfully without complaint. And there's so much craziness around surrounding money. When I, when I came as pastor in this house, we were £15,000 in debt. Fifteen grand then. In debt. And God supernaturally shifted the whole lot. And he gave me a clean start. I gave us a clean start as a leadership. Fifteen grand in debt. Now, how many years ago? That's 20-odd years ago. Is it? 
20 years? 20 years ago. 15 grand was a lot, was a lot of money 15 years ago, or 20 years ago. Thank God, God supernaturally steps in. We're not in debt now. Now we have a barn. Now we've got seed. Now we can sow. Now we can release. Now we can empower. When you've got no seed to give, it was like that widow. We were making our last meal and thinking like we're going home to die. And then all of a sudden God connects us to a Indian in Malaysia. Why do I want to be, why do I want to be connected to an Indian in, 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 in Malaysia? Because that's where the grace and truth was flowing. And slowly but surely, we have never made money an issue in this house. We've never made it. And God has always given us all that we need to do what we need to do. Well, we've not even started doing what we need to do. But you know the greatest resource we have in this house? People. You are the most, you are the most resourceful asset on planet Earth. And Sam will not give what you have. Who you are. The Apostle Paul said this. He says, I'm not coming for what you have. I'm coming for who you are. You are our greatest asset. You. We can be skint, but at least we've got you. Now, if we can empower you, you will create the wealth in your own life. And then you will bring it to the Lord, hopefully. That's the principle. Each man will make his own offering before the Lord. Each family will bring their own offerings. Right? No one's trying to take your money. We're doing pretty well without your money. Even with me, average shirt. So the issue is this, is when you see the grace working, and on those you see it working, you'd be smart enough to say, God, if I turn up in a nice Rolls Royce next week, Listen to this. This is the, this is the sadness of how we, we think. If I turn out, let me just know, we'll just go down market a little bit. I'll go in a scuffy Range Rover. I'll turn up in a brand new Range Rover. I know I've got Tom and Scott looking at me straight away. If I turn up in a brand new Range Rover, Scott's going to say, Dad, how did you get that? <laughs> well, let's just say I turn up in a brand new Range Rover next week and I've got gold on me. And I've got the bling going. The young people's going to be impressed. They're going to look at me saying, whoa. Chill, man. Pastor's gone cool on us. Yo, fam. Hey, oh, don't do that, dad. Don't do that, you think. Because young people think they're the only ones cool. See, that's a grace they haven't got yet. Old people can be cool. Isn't it right, Phil? We, Phil and I are trending right now. We don't know what on, but we're trending. So it turns some people's heads, and some people think, wow, that pastor must be loaded. They didn't know if half it's in debt. But you can turn up in a nice, with some nice bling, and everyone says, oh, it's okay. It's okay if you turn up with some bling, but if I turn up with some bling, and I turn up in a nice new Range Rover, I'm not giving my tithe, he's spending it all. Yeah, I'm a crook. But why can't God supply to me? 
No, I don't need a Range Rover. I've got a Hummer out there. I turn my engine on and it hums. Ask Andy. It turns up at Andy's every day saying, something's knocking, I can hear something knocking. It says, me tap, it's greeting you. <laughs> I don't care, my car starts. It takes Pastor Carol to work, it brings us home. Guess what? We wave at all the people walking. It's okay. It's cheap to run. But what you don't know is, oh, is that all Pastor Tony can afford? Well, why do you ask God and ask him? I'm not asking for a car. I've got money to buy a car. I don't need your money to the car. That's the point I'm making. Why? But me, me turning up in something nice, all of a sudden gives a people's a different opinion, good and bad. God is working behind the scenes, whether you see it or not. We are rich in this house. We are rich in Christ. We are so rich in Christ. The monies that we've had through the grace that God has put on our lives, the monies we've had to spend on this building, just to stand still to supply a heating that occasionally works. You would not believe how much that thing cost. And if I told you, say, how did they get the money for that? Because God supplies. Amen. The grace and truth that comes to you is the only thing we have to impart. Your money, eh? And good stewardship, absolutely, good stewardship. And we try to be the best we can and do the best we've, uh, with what we've got. God knows that. We do not spend money stupidly. Do you know why? That's why I will not have after ministries coming in here. They'll enter your bank account as fast as you can put money in it. And, and most of them will say nothing on the way. So we look after you. And we're sowing into South Africa. We're sowing into Zambia. We're sowing into Switzerland. We're sowing into Australia. We're sowing into Europe. Why? Because that's the grace that God's given us. Now the next thing we want to sow is you. So when it'd be nice to say to Irene, Irene, go to Zambia and take the gift on behalf of the church. Or John, you're a Zambian. And say, here's the money the, the saints have, have taken up an offering. John, go as our representative and go and tell them, the people in Drawlsden are behind you. Grace and truth from our Lord Jesus Christ, who supplies richly. So John can be the person who can be the face of the house. So we sow, not only do we sow the money, we sow him. Now everybody likes the person carrying money, to give them away. But he is the asset, not the money. Read your Bible. The man of God was the asset. But there has to be a grace on the church. The Macedonian churches have to have a grace. Now, if this message is ever preached, I guarantee you there'll be an offering at the end of it. I guarantee it. Because it's just too much of a temptation for most guys to resist. Now I've, got them in the, now I've got the cows lined up, I can milk them all. And off, this is, seriously, I'm being honest with you. Let's milk all the cows, get the buckets ready, we can fill them up. And promise them, there'll be butter at the end of it. But there's no offering being taken other than the one that was taken this morning. But there will be an offering taken up right now, and it's called you.
Stand to your feet, if you will, please. The offering that's about to be given up now is the greatest of them all. That's your heart. And what God is asking of us today is, listen, is I want to be part of the Macedonian house. I want to be part of a house that carries grace and truth. And I want this grace and truth to be released in me in greater measure because there are men who carry things I don't know and I have not yet received. And that doesn't make them better than you. Please, please, we're not advocating we are better in any way, shape or form. I've told you where I've come from. And you can see the man stood before you today. You've seen me grow. The man who appears before you is not the man who walked in the door. I'm a totally different guy. You've seen how God has worked on my life. I'm certainly not going to stand here and begin to flag you now. And blag you. I stand open and honest before you. The man you see before you is a man that tries to walk like you. Struggles like you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. The jungle book again. But there's a grace on my life and there's a grace in our leadership to supply what's lacking in this house. And the first thing we appeal to is you. Not to your finance, to you. God God sees the heart, God sees what you sow, and that's your business. It's our business to teach you, it's your business to do with what to be a steward over what God's given you. I'm not going to line buckets up unless we've taught you there is a need and give you the freedom to sow or not sow. But I will not keep coming back to you and back to you and back to you and back to you and bleed you till you're empty. That's not good leadership. Come on, go to other churches, you'll find out it's different. This is the only house you can go out and walk out with some money back in your pocket. It's true. But there's coming a time. There's coming a time. If I can get Irene's heart, if I can get Ellen's heart and John's and everybody else's heart, and we can truly, God can truly get hold of your heart and you become the asset, we will become the most richest house. Why? Because God loves his people. God can fill pockets easy. But the human heart is the most difficult thing to sow. So raise those holy hands if you will. I'm going to impart the grace on the Macedonian house. And I'm imparting it for the next five years. And in the next five years there's going to be a grace that's going to take us and demand more of us. We're going to sow more. We're going to sow people. We're going to release people into nations that's going to carry gifts from the house. And as people begin to carry gifts on our behalf, speak on our behalf, you'll see the grace will go further. And you'll begin to represent the men in the house. You'll be to represent the God of heaven. And you'll find God of, the God of heaven will work with you just like he works with the men in the house. And there'll be a tendency to think, oh, I can do this on my own. But stay, stay careful because God's, the grace that has been given to you has been given to you for a work. Not for you to turn left and do your own thing. It's to represent the God of heaven. It's to represent the leaders who have sent you. Do you want to be those representatives, church? Because there's a grace coming on the Macedonian church. Father, right now, Father, I release the grace on these people. Father, let it be imparted into them today. Father, I pray for our young people. Let the grace touch our young people right now. Oh, Father, arrest our young people. Preserve them, oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus. 
Preserve the young people, O oh God, up with the grace of God. Let, let the truth come into our young people's hearts and minds. Let it hold them, Father. Let it keep them, Father. And Father, I pray right now for the greatest asset is people. Father, I pray for these beloved people, your people, O oh God, stood before you. Father, and I ask you right now, Father, let the grace of God fall upon these people. Let it do marvelous, marvelous, deep things into their hearts. Let the people of God rejoice. Let the saints of God arise. And let the Macedonian grace supply all that is lacking and needed around the world. Father, let this grace supply what's lacking in this house. To those who are in lack right now, let the grace of God come upon your life. Receive it in Jesus' name. I release the grace of God for those who are in need, those who are lacking. Father, I pray for grace and truth to open up their eyes. Show them, oh God, what they lack. And show him in whom and in what principles are needed to reverse what is locked what is locked up. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. So I say to those on the left, let the grace of my Lord Jesus Christ be upon you in full measure this morning. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Receive it. Receive it in Jesus' name. There's an impartation coming to those who desire it. Receive it now in Jesus' name. To those on my right, to those whose eyes are open to see there's a grace in truth upon other men. Father, right now, I impart the grace into their life right now in Jesus' name. Right now, receive it in Jesus' name. Let it wash over you. Let it come upon your life. Open up their eyes, O oh God, and let them see, O oh God, the grace and truth in all its splendor. And together, let's just thank him right now. Let's thank him right now. Thank you, O oh God. The bare necessities of life is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's everything we need. Because with the grace of God, there's no worry and there's no strife. It's full of truth. It's full of wisdom. And it's full of insight and revelation. And when you get those dimensions, it has a way of removing strife in your life. Because you see hope. You see that now I'm receiving things I didn't have, which enables you to think, you know what, this situation can change because now I've got dimensions I didn't have before. Everything you need for life is in truth and wisdom because they're the keys that open up doors to help you see and show you things you didn't see. This one key going in the door can show you the people you need to go and talk to. It can show you the place where you need to go. It can show you the conversation you need to have. This is not this is not to do with Christians. This is outside of church. This can show you how to approach your boss. This can show you so many things if you carry grace and truth. Amen? And now you've just been given a measure of it. So the next thing you've got to do is feed off the men who are speaking it. And say, Father, show me. Show me, oh God. I want to be the asset that can go and represent Christ and represent this house. So now you are recipients of the Macedonian grace. And God will require things from us. 
Because it's not a grace to sit down, it's a grace to do things. Amen. 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 Well, Jesus Christ died, he rose again, so that you can have eternal life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Go and live life.